I do software management processes and uh, security software these days. So if you get that question when you go to your bank, like what's your favorite restaurant, that's, that's me trying to find <laughs> out to make sure that that's you are what you say you are. Uh, so when I, when I talked to Father Carl about this, I just said, you know, I'm not sure about faith meets work. It's going to be sort of faith meets life because it was when I really came back to the church, it was how it changed my world perspective and, and everything I did. So I'm going to try to tie it to work a little bit, but it'll be a little different. So I, I was raised Catholic first at Five Holy Martyrs Parish, where in the late 60s, my older brother was an altar boy for the visiting Cardinal Voitilla, who then went on to get another job about 10 years later. And um, when we moved when I was 11 to St. Daniel the Prophet, a little bit west, I got a lot of strange looks from my classmates because they were, I was asking, well, who's your bishop here? Because I had assumed that every parish you had a bishop, two or three priests, and a convent full of nuns. It was the only model I had, and I, I assumed that's what they had everywhere. But the thing is, being young, religion never spoke to me. And the church, a lot of you that raise children, you won't be surprised. I stopped going to church as soon as I can negotiate that at home. Um, somewhere in high school, you know, they just kind of, of give up. But, you know, some seeds had probably been planted at that time. Um, and then when it was time to go to college, you know, I'm from a very blue-collar background, first generation to complete college, uh, and high school for that matter, and uh, I was, everybody seemed to be majoring in accounting from the neighborhood who was going to college, because you kind of, you know, there was, that seemed like a good career path. And I thought, no, nah, I'm going to be different. I'm going to major in finance. I didn't really know what finance was, but it sounded cooler than accounting. So I was going that way. And, and then as I was taking my courses, I really fell in love with literature, which I had always liked. And that's what fed me. When I went and majored in English, this opened up worlds of thoughts and ideas. And you know that was where that spiritual side of me was getting fed. So fast forward, I do some jobs. I get some technical training. I move to Oak Park. Uh, and I discover the Ernest Hemingway Foundation. And they have all these short story discussions and all these kind of things. So I got very involved in that. And then I met other people with a literary mindset. And they. Uh, have, you know, we get book clubs and things like that. And that, that fed me for a long time. But there was something, something missing in all of that, which I would define later. So I'm, I'm doing that for a while. And now I'm going to fast forward to discovering the family mass. Um, when you're a Polish kid on the southwest side of Chicago, there's two things that are probably going to happen. You're going to be raised Catholic, and you're going to play softball. <laughs> That's, you know. And so I spent a lot of years playing softball. And when I moved to Oak Park, my best friend said that, uh, that somebody that I knew from playing some other sports, Bob and his wife Maria, is they're on the softball team at Richmond uh, Community Park. And you know, I think they can use a player. Do you want to join them? He said, oh, that sounds great. You know, I like playing ball, and I'll, I'll meet some people in the neighborhood. Uh, and about four people on the team had been raised in the family mass. And I'm going to name some names along the way in here. And the first one is Father Carl, because about a month ago, he had this just wonderful homily about how, as a Christian faith community, we build an ark for each other because the, the flood sometimes out there is, is in, you know, we can be swallowed up in it. And that's what we really do. And so as people's, uh, you know, the people on the team, their friends, their family, boy, you got the sense of this ark. There were just, and they had known some of the people since their baptism or since their toddlers, but you just sort of felt something special about this group. They really embraced you. Um, 
I'm embarrass everybody that I can. I mean, Tom Schmidt <laughs> is just uh, makes you feel so welcome, and you know, and they call you by name very quickly. And it, I said, "Wow." And then they asked me, I'm going to say with the softball for just one more jump here, they asked me to play, there's a St. Giles team that plays in a Sunday men's league against other Christian churches. And the home team, because it's a church league, says a prayer before the game. And uh, so it's the captain, in our case it was Mark Wagner or Tom Cavanaugh. And this was the first time that prayer, now all these, this is all retrospect, this is all stuff that's creeping up on me. This is the first time, you know, prayer, I hadn't prayed in years. Um, I suppose when I was taking a test or something, but you know, just um, and they had these wonderful, simple prayers of we're so thankful to be together on this beautiful summer day, and they were together in you know, companionship and uh, friendly competition, and it was just so nice. So there was something about it there that was also, you know, drawing me in. So my coming back to church was certainly not an epiphany. It wasn't like this moment where something happened and then I, you know, it was this long process. And then the next thing that happened, um, I got invited to go on the infamous family mass treasure hunt, <laughs> and, which is quite a thing, about every five years. And uh, so we all meet in McDonough Hall, and it's, everybody's in a really good mood. It's a really fun night, and there's, you know, people, some people are in costumes. And before we head to the cars and we out for our night of mirth and merriment, everybody quiets down, and again, there's a prayer. And it really struck me that this is different. And, you know, I've done, I've done some community organizations and some nonprofits on a pro, pro bono basis, and there's something very different between a faith-based organization and an organization that's not faith-based. Even though the non-faith-based organizations are full of good people doing wonderful things, but they're not two or more of them in his name. There is something decidedly different when you are getting together in that context. And I think this is what I was feeling. You know, I was, went with this group and we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna do all this fun stuff and we're clever and witty about how we're doing it. Um, but the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna pray together because we have these shared beliefs. So this is all before I started actually attending mass. And this is what led up to it. So I decided I really need to find a church and I'm playing tennis this summer with Jenny Schmidt. And I said, what's, I keep hearing, you know, you guys go to this church and you're doing this. And so we start talking and I decide I'm gonna go. And the other thing that I wanna point out, you know, I had not bottomed out or anything. I, I, life was basically pretty good. I had a young career with IBM going. I, you know, I had trials and tribulations like anybody else, but there was that something missing and I wanted something more profound. And I thought, well, uh, I could try some other church, but I do have, you know, K through 12 Catholic education behind me. I I'm going to give that one more shot. And so I start going, and everything at that point was very deliberate. From making the sign of cross at Mass, I had to think about what I was going to do and what it was going to mean to me when I did it. So it was a very slow process. And then as I'm going every week, I'm, I'm liking it, and it's something that really happened is, you know, listening to the Gospels every week when you've been away, now again, I was Catholic school for uh, 13 years or whatever that is, so it's not like I hadn't heard the stories, but coming back as an adult who had been through some experiences, who had buried some people I had loved, who has, you know, had got some education, um, I start, you know, the Gospels just really, it's so counterintuitive. 
it's very clear these are not the ways that I would choose. And this really started dragging me in. Now the thing was, I was there, I think seven years before I decided that I would go to communion. And it was a long, deliberate process. And I spoke with a lot of people, and I, re I think it was a way that I was still an individual. I could be part of the group and I could participate, but I wasn't really fully committed. I could, they're all gonna go and I'm, I'm gonna step back. And so it took a long time, and of course being raised Catholic, you know, I kind of realized this, I could just show up for mass, no one would complain about that. And, but you know, going to communion, I, I, before I even defined it, I knew, well this is gonna be a big step. So I heard a lot of, you know, I was talking with a lot of people and I decided, uh, I was close and I, I just couldn't go and uh, I think it was Frank O'Hara in conversation, I'm not sure what context, said, you know, if you're going to share in that meal, you've got to be prepared to share in that cross. And that really got me. And I realized that when we build a community like that, when we commit like that, we can't help but be each other's responsibilities. And you know, if we're serious about it, that's going to change our life. It's going to change how we approach work. It's going to change how we treat people on the commute to work. It's going to change how we do everything. Um, because our God is a crucified God. And the promise that we make is not one of success and power, but one of sacrifice and love. And it's, it's very, again, talk about not the ways we would choose. And when I, when I started going, when I finally went, it became a big deal every single time, and it still is. I just, it's a little lump in my throat and a little weak in the knees because I am recommitting every week. And I, I have to say, I would not have a lot of the ideas that I have about the crucified God and about ideas of what power really means um, without my dear friend Maggie Meyer, who, who helped me learn a lot of this. So. So not just work, but I think we have to build that arc, especially people that share a faith that, you know, we may not agree on all the details. Some people like the organ, some like the guitar mask, some like the beautiful stained glass buildings. There's those of us that like to go to the gym. None of that matters. What really matters is how we support one another. So it, for me, it became, you know, faith meets work and beyond. Catholic not being something I do, but Catholic being who I am. And I'm going to sort of filter everything through this commitment that I've made to other people. Now, I'm not saying I do this well all of the time. And I think, you know, we, we do what we can. We be ethical at work. We try to treat each other better. Um, we volunteer and we do charity work. We work within our communities. And then I, I think a big thing is getting to a point where we have peace for ourselves. Because when we have peace for ourselves, we're going to change the way we treat others. And if we're not at peace with ourselves, you know, we, we're never going to be able to do that. Um, so the two things for me have really become two pillars, I'll call them, I guess, is community and prayer. It's, I hadn't prayed for years and years, and um, it's become such, I have a morning ritual where I pray on the way to the train, waiting for, for the train. And it's become such a part of the daily experience that I'm usually downtown. Every once in a while I have to go up to Buffalo Grove for reasons that are not important. And we had a, a community member who was sick, so we had to assign time and, you know, we were all going to pray, so we would go uh, all day and night. And I like to listen to the radio because I don't do it often. And then I remember looking at the watch and going, oh, it's time to pray. 
and shutting off the radio in the car because I have to concentrate. So it's become such a big part of the ritual for me that I, it's just not, the day doesn't start right if it doesn't happen. And then the, the big one with community is we really need each other so much. Um, so I mean obviously mass, that should kind of be, I think we're all in agreement on that one. But then whatever else we need to do, whether it's programs like this, whether it's going to lectures or other prayer groups, you know, I think we really need each other because it's such a struggle to constantly stay on that, you know, that right path. So, um, and I think we do a horrible PR job when we talk about holy days of obligation because I think you could probably all relate to the last thing I need is another obligation. I've got a list of obligations. <laughs> I'm not doing very well attending to all of them. I'm trying. Um, it's the last thing I need. But it's come now from me being young and negotiating my way out of having to go to Mass to when I really have a lot on my plate, whether it's personally, professionally, or both, like, I can't wait to go to Mass because it feeds me so much now that, it, again, I have to get my worldview back in line. It really does change how I'm at work.